Welcome back to Song of Solomon, and today we start in chapter 3. There's a lot of racial tension going on right now in our world in June of 2020. You know, the Shulamite, that dark-skinned beauty of chapter 1, yes, that was mentioned. God put that in the Bible. She was a beautiful woman to God. He wasn't looking at her outer skin as she was. He was looking at her heart. He was looking at the real person that's inside of her, just as we should be looking at others. Moments with Moni can be heard on Anchor, Stitcher, Overcast, Apple, and now Podchaser. You can also find my blog and Facebook page and link tree filled with many links in my show notes. And now on to today's episode. So last week we left off at the end of chapter two, where the Shulamite was telling her beloved, oh, just go on without me. I know that my beloved is mine and I am his. I know that you feed among the lilies until the day break and the shadow flees away. Oh, you know, return my beloved and be like a roe or a young heart upon the mountains of Bether. I know you're gonna come back. I know you're gonna deal with my problems. I'll just wait here and bask in your love. To help us understand chapter 3 a little better, we can break it down into two different parts. Verses 1 through 5 are communion broken, and verses 6 to 11 would be communion restored or rekindled. Throughout this chapter, we will see snapshots of a relationship between the Shulamite and the shepherd king. As a bit of a review... Song of Solomon was taught by the Hebrews, and like the name, the ultimate song, the Song of Songs, is an analogy, a fact like another fact. We can look at it as the Holy of Holies, the ultimate. Remember, this is not an allegory, a story with hidden spiritual meanings. Another interesting fact I learned about it was Solomon and Shulamite are the male and female root of the same name. They are two parts of a whole. So we can see a divine relationship between the shepherd king and the Shulamite maiden, an analogy of divine relationship between Jesus and his bride. Teach us your ways, O Lord. So we left off with the shepherd king calling the maiden again to rise and come with him. Yet she turns him away and now is convinced that he has left her. Chapter 3, verse 1 begins. By night, on my bed, I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. I will rise now and go out about the city in the streets and in the broad ways. I will seek him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. The watchmen that go about the city found me, to whom I said, Saw ye him whom my soul loveth? It was but a little that I passed from them, but I found him whom my soul loveth. I held him, I would not let him go, until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. I charge you, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rows and by the hinds of the field, that ye stir not up nor awake my love till he please. Although not mentioned in the ancient texts, 
This begins the maiden's dream scene, as many of the commentators will say. By night, away from the hardships of life, all of a sudden she realizes he's not there. Awaking and not content without him, she arises immediately. She longs for his companionship. In verse 2, rise now can be translated as arise, intensely abide. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 3 says, A dream comes through the multitude of busyness. Have you ever found yourself, after a long busy day, just not having time for Jesus? Go on, I know there's stuff to do, I need to be trained, I know I need discipline, I know I need to spend time with you, but I'm content right here for now. Please leave me to rest. I can do it on my own. No, I'm never like that. <laughs> I'm sure you're not. Wide awake within her dream, the Shulamite searches out her beloved. This word seek means to search out specifically in worship or prayer. She goes to search out him who her soul loves. She sought him, which means to search out by any method, but specifically by worship or prayer. But she found him not. He didn't come forth. He didn't appear to her in the dream. In verse 3, she finds the watchmen, the protectors that go about the city, and she goes to them and asks them, have you seen him? Have you seen him yourself? You know, the one that my soul loves? Please tell me where he is. And just a little further in the dream, she finds her bridegroom. I found him. I found the one my soul loves. And she held him and she would not let him go until she brought him to her mother's house. This is a calm and secure place. And she's in his embrace in this dream. Even in the dream, in her wildest dream, she seeks to be alone with him in an intimate but moral way. She brings him to her mother's house, a safe place. This is not an illicit sexual rendezvous, for they are not married. And in Hebrew culture, this act would not take place before the wedding. Remember, in historical context, this is important. Have you ever experienced a cooling off of your passion for Jesus? If you have... If you've ever felt near to Jesus, then you know what it feels like to be distant from him. And if you're in that spot right now, run back into his arms and hold on to him and don't let go. The commentator David Gusick shares some words on these things regarding, I held him and would not let him go. It is easy to picture the relieved maiden clinging to her beloved, feeling calmed and secure in his embrace. She would not let him go. It seems to have been the same kind of embrace that Mary Magdalene had upon Jesus when she first saw her resurrected Lord. In John chapter 20, verses 16 to 17, it says, Jesus said to her, Mary. She recognized his voice. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and to your father and to my God and to your God. Charles Spurgeon noted the steps of the maiden's progress here towards her beloved. 
In the dream she loved him, she sought him, she found him not, she found him, she held him, she brought him. And as we do these things with our Jesus, we are going step by step in closer intimacy with the Almighty. The more we ponder on this scene, the more we can see that it is possibly a dream. But it tells of the deep exercises of her soul. Yes, the Shulamite truly misses her beloved, and she's not happy without the sense of his presence. Her only joy is found in abiding in his love, and she finds him when she seeks for him with all of her heart. This is what gratifies him. And so again, we have the refrain of satisfied love. Here again we hear, I charge you, O you daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that you stir not up, nor awake my love, until it's time. Nothing gives our Lord more delight than to find a heart that joys in him for what he is in himself. Too often we think rather of his gifts and the gracious things that he can give us. It is right and proper that these things should stir us to thanksgiving, but it is as we get to know himself and the joy of his love that we really worship in blissful communion. A poem of communion in heaven about the bride and the bridegroom was written, the bride's eyes not on her garments, but her dear bridegroom's face. I will not gaze at glory, but on my king of grace, not on the crown he giveth, but on his pierced hand. The lamb is all the glory of Emmanuel's land. Sometimes we can be just like that, maiden. We can let time slip away. The cool of the morning and the evening of the day have gone by, and we can go to sleep and dream and look for our beloved and wonder where he is. I'm so glad it was a happy ending in this particular passage. I know that we can go through those times with our God, too. And there was a moment in the story where he didn't answer her in the dream. H.A. Ironside talks about the withdrawal of the light of God's countenance, but this may not be in anger, not necessarily in anger. Sometimes it is as an admonition. It is love's way of bringing the soul to a realization of something cherished that grieves the Holy Spirit of God. Or it may be the testing of faith to see whether one can trust in the dark as well as in the light. Can we trust God when things are going good? And can we trust him when things are going bad? We should, but there will be times of testing, times of darkness. I think that time is on our land right now. It's time to draw close to Jesus, run back into his arms, hold him tight, and listen to his voice. The watchmen were mentioned in the dream. The maiden sought help while she was dreaming. Who are these watchmen in our life and what's required of us? And why? Hebrews thirteen seventeen deals with this. It says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. These watchmen, these leaders, they watch over our souls and they will answer to God for what they're doing or not doing. But we have a responsibility to them as well. They watch over our souls and try to teach us and feed us the word of God. But it's our job to let them 
do it with joy and not cause pain and sorrow in their lives? How does it help if we give them grief? Let's encourage each other to hold tight to Jesus, stick close to him, shine our lights of love in the darkness around us, and point others to the lover of our soul. As you spend time in God's word and you spend time with the lover of your soul, take some time to journal your response after being with your beloved. Here is a response of my own to God after studying his word in chapter 3. Oh, be still, my beating heart. Your ways are truly higher than our ways. Communion with you under the banner of your love. To all, Jew and Gentile, black and white and every color in between, who are grafted into the vine until the trumpet blows and you gather your beloved. When the Father bids you return for your bride, then we shall be blessed over a cup of wine, which signifies our purchase price and your sacrifice, unworthy yet forgiven. And on to the marriage supper of the Lamb, you in him and us at home in you. Come quickly, my beloved. Your Moni. If you've enjoyed these moments with Moni, please share them with a friend. And as always, thanks so much for listening. God bless you.